my countenance. When you praise the Lord, it'll change your facial expression. Ah, praise the name of the Lord. You may be seated. Anyways, uh, what was I? Oh, yeah, I was thanking you for the sabbatical. Not every pastor gets to be away from his church or her church for three months, but you have blessed me with that, and I am grateful for that. I don't take that for granted. Um, and I want to thank all those who filled in for me as we have gone on this journey with Jesus. Thank God for all the speakers who the Lord used to bless our congregation. We, we don't ever want to be a church that is centered around one person. That is not even scriptural. And so I'm grateful to all of you for how God has uh, just used you in this congregation and all who have been at work and uh, in ministry and uh, thank God the attendance still was fantastic from what I heard uh, and um, yes yeah, so we just praise God for that let's get into the word uh, father I pray right now that my speech and my preaching will not be with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but demonstration of the spirit of power, that our faith will not rest in the wisdom of Brian Greene, but in the power of God. And I borrow the apostles Paul's prayer. Again, in Ephesians chapter one, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto all of us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Let the eyes of the understanding of our heart be enlightened so that we would know what is the hope of your calling? What is the riches of the glories of your amazing grace that is in each and every one of us who are your saints? And help us to know the exceeding greatness of your power towards us who are believers. This same power that is in us is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. We honor your presence. Make this house a house of prayer a house of encountering the Holy Spirit. Give us hearts for worship that values you and give us a hunger for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 <laughs> thank you, thank you. Nope, I guess I'm still not on. Okay, uh, let's turn to, we're kind of, we're going to continue this Jesus series. And um, we're going to take three portions of scripture. One is Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to, 29, 28 to 30. Exodus chapter 33, verse 14. And Hebrews chapter 4, verses 9 to 12. Jesus says, come unto me, come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden or heavy burdened, I will give you rest. 
Can everybody say rest? Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest. Can everybody say rest? Rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden light. Exodus chapter 33, verse 14. God says to Moses, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. And then Hebrews chapter uh, 4, verses 9 to 12. There remains, therefore, a rest. Anybody say rest. For the people of God, for he who has entered into his rest, say rest, has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest. Can you say rest? Yeah, man, don't fall asleep now. Lest anyone fail, oh, sorry, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is alive, it's living and powerful, sharpening any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing the sun, the soul, the spirit, and joint and marrow, and it is a discerner of the thoughts and the intent of God's, of the person's heart. I want, I want to speak to you on the subject, no more Labor Day. No more Labor Day. No more Labor Day. Tired of working. No more Labor Day. I've been on sabbatical from June 5th to today. And as I was, you know, I know people wondering, is Bishop going to come back with, you know, two tablets from Mount Zion? Here's the word of the Lord, and hopefully, well, we won't go into that, what happened to those tablets the first time. But anyways, what the Lord was dealing with me on is... The one thing I learned, the one thing he taught me is that I must learn to live in the rest of God. And um, I won't get into this, but the Lord has been speaking to me. One of the good things about saving prophetic words, and, and especially when you do it on your phone where it actually stamps the date. God has been speaking to me since March of 2019 about living the rest life. And he said to me through two different uh, prophets that if the Lord doesn't teach you, Brian, how to rest, your congregation, who the Lord has honored you to pastor, they won't learn how to rest. And I want to say this especially to uh, students as you are starting this year. And um, I want to encourage you, and this isn't just for students, but you are in school. And, and I was reading an article, and it said that the, one of the top three reasons that people call in sick to work is anxiety. Now, we don't call it anxiety. We call it a mental what? Health day. Amen. Anybody ever take a mental health day? You just said, uh, I, no, don't, your boss is not here. You better take a mental health day like, no, I, I just can't do this today. Come on, come on. Let, let, let's, let's be honest. Let's be, I have. Yeah. I mean, now, I'm a pastor, so I could say the Lord has led me. <laughs> but if you and I are going to make it, and this series is not simply preparing you for the school year 2023 to 2024, but it's preparing all of us for 2024. 
There's a lot going on in 2024. One of them is the elections. And if you remember how much anxiety came from the last election, come on folks, are you still with me? Uh, that you, you need to, you and I need to live in that place of rest. Can you say amen? Now, so Jesus says, come unto me all you who are burdened and heavy laden and I will give you rest. And then he says in verse 29, um, you shall find rest for your soul. And what I discovered is that those two words, rest, they are different words. Um, the first rest, where Jesus says, I will give you rest, it is a verb. The, 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 the Greek word, it's a verb. So it's talking about give rest. And then the second where it says, you shall find rest, this, this rest, the second rest, is a noun. So what Jesus is saying, we know that the, a noun is what? A, a, a person, a what? Place or a thing. So this place of rest that you will find, this noun is a place. Rest is a verb that Jesus gives. I am preaching already. But there is a rest, a place of rest that you and I must find. Now the good news is that God's going to tell us how to find the place of rest so that that song that we were running around and shouting about, praise him in the mountains, in the valley, that that can be more than just a song. Because some of you are extremely anxious as you're going into the new school year or your mind, you're thinking about what's in store for me in 2024. And watch this. I am tired of living restless. So, when you look at this, 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 this Greek word of rest, you will, you will find the place of rest. It made me think about two weeks ago, I went, I, I decided to go to church once in my entire three months. And that was because I was going to a friend's church, uh, Connect Church, where Derek Fry is the pastor, and, and his son was preaching, Devin, Pastor Devin, and he says something that struck me. Watch this. He said, you cannot earn favor, but you can find it. Isn't that good? Now, I don't know if he made that up or got it from someplace, but I'll just give him credit for it, because that's where I heard it. And I thought about it. You can't earn favor, but you can find it. Now, favor is preferential treatment. Favor is something, and the word prefer, are you track with me? The word prefer is a Latin uh, uh, word, and it means to choose. So preferential treatment is when something is done for you that's not done for anybody else. And that's why, oh, I love this. My sister-in-law, Sissy, she said to me one time, years ago, she said, Brian, I'm living in the fog. And I'm like, fog? What do you mean fog? She said, I'm living in the fog, the favor of God. Anybody want to live in the fog? Ah, I'm going to live in the fog. Now, it, now, the thing about living in the fog, oh, man, have I tell you, is that you can't see in the fog. And be, ah, because you can't see in the fog, he becomes, God becomes Jehovah Sneaky, where he sneaks blessings into your life that you couldn't even see coming. 
Tell somebody next to you, I'm living in the fog. Now you say, why do you keep telling people to repeat these things? Because the Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue. And Mark chapter 11, verse 23, 24 says, you will have what you say. Mm-hmm. So say it again. Tell somebody, I'm living in the fog. I don't know where you're living, but I am living in the fog. What's the fog? The favor of God. There are so many people in the scriptures that found favor. The reason why Noah didn't drown like everybody else during those 40 days and 40 nights of rain is because in Genesis chapter 6 verse 8 it says, Noah found favor with God. With all the hell that Joseph went through, sold into slavery, then accused uh, 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 with a lie from his master's wife so that he was accused of rape or attempted rape and thrown into prison. And, and it kept saying in chapter 39 of Genesis, but the favor of God, no, that Joseph found favor with God. What are you saying? <laughs> Ooh, I could run around this trip. You can find favor even in the prison. You can find favor even in sickness. You can, you, you can find it. Oh, there's so many people in the scriptures that found favor. Uh, let me see, who else found favor? Uh, Mary found favor. Out of all the teenage girls who could have been chosen to bring forth the Messiah, Gabriel said, you have found favor. This is Luke chapter 1, verse 30. You have found favor with God. Jesus lived in the fog. And the beautiful thing about Jesus, Jesus, you can live in the fog, you can live in the favor of God as a child. Because the Bible says in Luke chapter 2, verse 40, that Jesus grew in favor. Not only did he have favor, he grew in favor with man and favor with God. So you can grow your favor. You can grow your preferential treatment. You can... <laughs> How many of you, you went to take a trip someplace and when you, when you, uh, when you, when you uh, set up your arrangements to choose a flight, the flight that you saw was at such a ridiculous price, it's almost like you wandered into the price. That's fine in favor. And God wants us to live in his favor, but we have to find it. The church in Acts chapter uh, 2, verse 46 and 47, that the church found favor. And I love the fact that we can live in a place where we're always finding favor. Where do you find favor? Hebrews chapter 4, verse 6 says, let us therefore come boldly with confidence to the throne of grace where we might obtain mercy and find grace, find favor to help us in time of need. I'm living in the favor of God. Ah. I was in, uh, I was in Barbados last week and that's a nice place to be for favor. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Every morning in the Caribbean ocean and, and just, just praying. There's nothing like praying in the ocean. Oh, the Bible says his ways are in the sea. Ah, it does. It does. I'm not making that up. <laughs> And so I was having dinner with a uh, pastor and his wife. And I said, how are your children doing? And they, and they said, when we see what God is doing in our children's life, you can't tell me there's no God. And I said, well, what happened? And they talked about how their daughter was chosen to go to one of the best schools in England for her profession. And then, and, 
And this girl's only, this girl's only 20, young woman's only 24 years old. And then what happened was that she visited, oh Lord have mercy, she visited home, Barbados, during the pandemic. And then everything shut down so she couldn't get back to England. But she got favor, preferential treatment. The company said, we want to choose you so badly that we will keep the position open until you're able to get back. And so the, co the company went, listen, the company went six months for a position they needed filled. They left the position unfilled until this woman could get back there. That's favor. Uh, turn to somebody and say, neighbor, you're working too hard. God will give you favor by picking the right teacher for you, the right professor for you. Huh. You need to see. Mm. See, the reason, uh, I tell you, the Holy Ghost is preaching. See, well, 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 Bishop, I want the favor. I want the favor. How do you get favor? It is very easy. I never knew why the favor of God on my life was so easy. It was so easy. Well, how do you find favor? I'm not a deep person. How do you find anything? You look for it. And the reason why some of you can't find favor is because you don't know how to look for favor. Holy Ghost is preaching up in here. You know what? For the, let's start this new season. I've been waiting for a month to come up here. I've got to get my five. got to get my five. Now watch this. See, this is why... I'm going to explain why you're not getting or finding favor, and then I'm going to encourage you on how to change your behavior and my behavior so we can get favor. Isaiah 55, verse 6 to 8 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Which means God is basically saying, you can actually find me. Have you ever played hide and seek with somebody? Now, if you play hide-and-seek with a child, come on, folks, you're not going to hide, like, in the attic where the child won't even find you. But how many of you, when you're playing hide-and-seek, you, you kind of hide behind, I don't know, behind the kitchen table. You know the child can see you. At least I hope you know that. But you're doing it, you're, hi uh, you're hiding so that the child can find you if the child puts in some effort. Now, if the child's just going to sit there, then you're going to like, no, I'm, I'm not moving. And you, the child could get frustrated, but the child needs to move. And God is saying, my child, I am hiding places where you can find me because I want to be found, but I need you to make some effort in looking. Some effort in prayer, some effort in fasting, some effort in saying, God, I'm, I'm looking for you. Or I have a heart that's saying, God, I'm looking for you. And I discovered, when God showed me this, I said, man, as a, I've always been looking for God. And that's how I ended up with this beautiful woman for my wife for 40 years. God, <laughs> my aunt, my, well, my, my aunt on my wife's side used to say, God, some people have a wife and some people have a knife. <laughs> You'll get that later. I, 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 God gave me a wife. I better say that. <laughs> but I have to look. And then he says, call upon him while he is near. He says, let the wicked Forsake his evil way, watch this, and let the unrighteous forsake his thoughts. 
That's the problem with you New Englanders. You don't want to forsake your thoughts. You want to stay in the comfortableness of your thoughts. Where me and my wife live, we, we look for, we could only afford uh, a house at a certain price back in 1995, the year I became pastor. Now watch this, let me, let me get this quickly. So, um, I was working full-time as a budget analyst at Cambridge Hospital. She was working part-time at a bank. And if you know anything about mortgages, you want, they're gonna show you, they're gonna ask you for your income because they wanna figure out, can you pay back this mortgage? You follow me? And so what, what I did, because I knew I was leaving for full-time ministry and that my salary was gonna be cut drastically, and so I said to God, in my smartness, God, you need to get me a mortgage and a house before I leave for full-time ministry because based on what I'm making, they're not going to give me a house. They're not going to sell a house to me. And so we looked at 27 houses, 27 houses, and none of them fit the mold. None of them we could afford. And so I thought that God was saying, well, uh, seeing that you can't afford the city you live in, go to this other city. So we went there. We found a beautiful house. And God said, what are you doing here? I told you to get your house in this particular city. So I went back and time ran out. The church installed me as pastor in Ju around June 1st. Uh, 1995, and guess what? I was ticked off at God. How many of you, see, see, you ain't gonna be real. How many of you get ticked off at God when he doesn't work things out the way you think he should work it out? Thank you for your honesty. I was ticked, I was upset. I said, look what you did, mess me up. And God was like, now watch what I do. I remember Thanksgiving, the realtor said, I found a house for you. I said, oh, great. I said, that my wife, come on, let's go. She said, I'm, I'm, I'm done. Walked into our house. God said, this is your house. Bottom line, I got, oh, I found favor. Because the owner dropped the price just so that we could afford it. I'm telling you, sometimes you have to look a little longer. Tell somebody, but this tell somebody this favor for you somewhere. It may take a day, it may take a year, but if you keep looking, you're going to find it. Because God says in the eighth verse, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your way as high as the heavens and above the earth. So high are my thoughts. Stop putting God in your puny little box. Well, I can't live here because of my income. I can't go to this school because you have to have a certain SAT score. Something. Let me come up here. God, the Holy Ghost is preaching. The Holy Ghost. When my daughter went to her school, Vanessa, I am so, sometimes God keeps information from you so that your mind won't start doubting. And when I saw the average scores of the SATs, I probably wouldn't have claimed that God wanted my daughter to go to that school. He kept the information from me, and then when she got in and she did very, very well, but the point is, is that had I have seen what the SAT scores was, I, I would have probably sowed doubt into my daughter. How does it look? Well, I know you want to go there, but you need to have a safety school just in case, you know, because sometimes we don't get what we always want. And, you know, sometimes life can be like we prepare. Uh, what? Let's start preparing people for the fall. and prepare them for the blessing. Mm. When I was on my sabbatical, after 
the sixth week, we had, I'm a bishop over the United Pentecostal Council of the Assemblies of God Incorporated. And the way it goes is I'm the international bishop and then there's an international presiding elder. Uh, I'm not gonna get into why this may not make sense to you. I'm just explaining what it is. So what does that mean? Uh, so as the international bishop, put it this way, as the international bishop, I am King Charles. As the international presiding elder, uh, uh, presiding elder, that position is the prime minister. Okay? So in other words, I can walk around, but I have no power. <laughs> other than influence. Okay? So we were uh, historical election in the 104 year history of our organization. They, uh, we elected the first woman in the history. Amen. Amen. So it's very historic. And, and you know, someone from the executive office said, hey, Bishop, could you just, just come for the convention? We're not going to ask you to do anything. Just come in for the convention, and then you could go back on your sabbatical. And I said, no. No. No, because something's going to happen at that place that's going to annoy me anyways. And, and, and it's going to reset the sabbatical. So I said no. And, and, and I, I wanted to make sure that people knew why. Because sometimes the story can get out, and I want my narrative getting out. So I wrote a letter to all of the uh, executive team including the woman who was going to be elected, and I said, the reason why I am on this sabbatical is because of self-care. Self-care. Now, let me close with this, and then we'll pray. Self-care. Say self-care. Self See, so self-care means, he, God said, I will give you rest, but you've got to find it. And for some of you, God has given rest, but you're not finding it. Sometimes God gives you rest by laying you off from your job. He said, I got another job for you, but stop worrying. Stop being anxious. I got you. So what I want to use for, if you, if you look at those two Greek words for rest, in the middle is the word pause. Say pause. Pause. If you look at your English dictionary for the word pause, the etymology of the word pause is from these Greek words and apostles. And I want to give you an acronym for rest the definition of rest, and we'll unpack this a little bit next week. So next week, I want to talk about Jesus and rest. The following week, I want to talk about Moses and rest. And then I'll conclude at the end of the month, God and rest. Are you following? So this is, three, this is four definitions. As I said, I, it's about self-care. Say care. Okay, say care. Tell somebody next to you, take care of yourself. So, so God is not going to make you rest. He will show it to you. He will give it to you. But you have to find it. So quickly, and then we'll close in prayer. The C in care is cease. The A in care is arrest, as in being arrested. The R in care is recreate, as in recreation. And the E in care is exhale. You know what I did the first few weeks of my sabbatical? I just went on a Netflix binge. See, you thought I was fasting and praying and seeking God. God's like, 
You need to chill. <laughs> what you watch, Bishop? None of your business. Some of y'all may say, are you still saved? Okay. And so I want you to get ready for rest. Let me, let me, let me close in prayer. Jesus asks the question, are you weary? Are you burdened? Come to me and I will give you rest. If you're here right now, I just want to say a prayer over you. And you say, you know what? My mind is always running. I haven't, I haven't even taken a class and I'm already concerned about my professor and do I have enough credits and this is my final year and I've already heard the news about what the job market looks like and they had a, they had the term, I was reading an article, and you heard of the term quiet quitting. And now, last week there was an article in like the Wall Street Journal, and they say that companies are now doing quiet firing. So there can be tension and worry, but God says you can find preferential treatment. You can be like the children of Israel, when the plagues came to Egypt, none of the plagues touched the people of Israel. And in fact, if you read Exodus chapter 3, God says to the people of Israel, I'm going to give you so much favor that when you leave Egypt, you will not leave empty-handed. You're going to get paid for all those years they kept you in slavery. If you're here right now and you're saying, Bishop, could I be included in this prayer because this is a season that I have to find rest. If that's you, could you just stand up? You don't have to come to the altar. Just stand up. I want to include you in this prayer. I guess everybody's doing all right, huh? you in this prayer. And even as I'm still looking, and, and, and the thing is, you have to look for rest every day. Because once you chill out, the enemy has a way of throwing the anxiety back on you, the worry on you, the concern on you. So Father, I thank you for each and every individual who is standing right now you know their situation. You know their challenge. You know their circumstances. I pray, Father, that you would give them rest for their souls. Your yoke is easy. Your burden is light. I, I pray that there will be an encounter with the Holy Spirit to the point that they'll literally say, I am looking for worry, and I can't even find it. There is that place in you. And so, Lord, we honor you and we bless you. And even during this week, Lord, I pray that we will hear stories and testimonies of how people are, are, are noticing the favor of God and the rest of God. Because I know for me, I'm living in the rest. No more living in anxiety, worry, no more being tormented about the future. I'm going to live in the place of rest. We bless you at rest. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Before we um, let you go, um, we, we do, and I hope I should have asked before, but um, Quentin, do you mind if we pray for you, the elders? You don't have to go, but we'll come to you. Um, but... I'm gonna, I asked the elders if we would pray for uh, Quentin. If you can just wave your hand so people know who we're praying for. Um, the enemy has just been uh, attacking his body and 
He's been in and out of hospital. Something that was supposed to take two weeks, it's now uh, uh, two and a half months to three months. And so we're going to take authority over that um, spirit of sickness and the attack of the enemy. Amen. The Bible says rejoice with them that rejoice. Weep with them that weep. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 2 says, Be one another burden so you can fulfill the law of Christ. And so I'm going to ask the elders to come. And then we're also going to pray for Quentin's mom, who's here for the first time. Mom, could you stand up? I asked her, we, we, were, we were with them before, we, before I left for Barbados. And I said, well, how long do you, did you intend to stay here? And she said, I... I had planned to only be here for two weeks, and it's ended up two months. Uh, but she has to, you know, she has to return back home. So this is her last Sunday in Massachusetts, and so we want to pray for her as well, because I know that, uh, you know, the enemy's going to try to make her worry about leaving her son. Because I've discovered I'm, I am 64 years old, and my mother still treats me like I'm 10. Hey, Brian. I'm like, Mom, I'm a grown man. <laughs> and I realized now that I have adult daughters, I said, wow, now I know my mother. Yes, your children are always your children. And so we're going to pray for her as well. So, uh, elders, could you come, those of you here? And, um, and I'm going to ask Elder Roy to pray for Quentin. And I'm going to ask uh, Lady Common to pray for Mom. And those of you sitting in your pew, could you just point your hands in this direction? Uh, we need to see the healing power of God. Uh, the word of the Lord, the word, of the, the word that the Lord gave me, and I didn't even know that his doctor said the same thing. I didn't even know this, but the Lord gave me uh, Genesis chapter 18, verse 14, when the angel spoke to Sarah, and the Lord said to me, this time next year, Quentin's going to be a different person this time next year. And, and, and his doctor said the same thing. This time next year, you're going to be a different person. And so we're going to trust God because God's hand is upon this man's life. And so we trust God for what he's going to do. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now. Father, this morning, Lord, uh, we came together as the people of God to feast at your table, Lord. And Father, we took the bread, we took the blood of Jesus, Lord. Father, there is healing in the communion. Father, you said as oft as we do it, we do it in remembrance. And Father, we're remembering what Jesus has done for us. Your word declares that when we call upon the name of Jesus, he would save us. He would rescue us. And Father, we're declaring the blood of Jesus. We're declaring that Jesus is Quentin's deliverer. Jesus is Quentin's savior. Father, he has gone through many toils, Lord. Father, there was an expectation, Lord, that he would have had this surgery. He would have been well on his way to healing within a matter of days, Lord. That this time, he would have been even back to work. But Father, that's not the experience that happened. But Father, although the unexpected 
the thing that we did not desire happen, Father, it does not shake our confidence in you. Your word stands forever. Father, the blood of Jesus Christ saves and rescues today just like it did 2,000 years ago. Father, we declare that your healing shall rule over this body. We stand against, Father, the forces that would want to say otherwise, Lord. Your word is true. Father, so we speak to this body. Body, conform yourself to the word of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, for the wisdom of medical science. We thank you, Lord, for the doctors, the nurses, the whole medical, the whole medical team. But our hope is in Jesus. Our dependency is upon you, Lord. So, Father, we thank you, Lord, that today is another day. Today is the day that you have made. We declare that it is the day of salvation for this body. It is the day of deliverance for this body. It is the day of healing for this body. The blood of Jesus Christ shall bring healing, oh Father. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. Thank you, God. We thank you for mom, Lord. We thank you, Lord God, for this woman of God. We thank you for her life. We thank you, Father God, for how she has been here two, over two months, Lord, of caring for her son, Lord. And God, we just speak peace over her, Lord. And we say, let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. Because as much as you love your son, Jesus loves him even more. So, Father God, we speak the peace of God over you, even as you travel back home, that you will travel back knowing that the Lord has him and there's a support, there's a support system here. Father God, you encourage her, you strengthen her, Lord. All that she has given out, we pour back into her all that she's given out, Lord God. So, Father, we thank you for her life. We thank you that she's a woman of prayer, a woman of faith, a woman that's standing in the gap on behalf of her son, Lord. We know that you've heard her prayers, you've heard, you've seen her tears, you've heard her, Father God, and you are going to respond. So, Lord, we just bless this woman of God. We thank you for Quentin's mom, Lord. God, continue to make her a blessing. All that she has given out, Lord, you return to her a hundredfold, a hundredfold, a hundredfold. Thank you, Lord, for the peace of God that guides her heart, that guides her emotions, that guides her will. And we bless her in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Please stand. I want to um, let you go. Those of you, please stand. Please stand. Uh, thank you for being out. And... Um, Those of you who are new to this church, we don't end with a closing prayer. We end with a closing blessing. And to receive the blessing, we put our hands out as the Lord um, gives us his blessing. He gives us favor. I, and um, even as a back, I want us to, because I really believe that God is uh, going to really send a lot of new people to our church. And let's continue the culture of making sure people don't leave here without somebody saying hello 
somebody saying, good to see you. Basically, let's create a culture that says to every person who comes into these doors, I see you. I see you. May the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, as Paul the Apostle said, the love of God and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be upon you. And may this week you find the rest that Jesus has already given to you. And all God's people say, Amen. See you next week. God bless you.